0: Has your dog, Jimmy, ever tried to eat your seedling? That's
1: a uh, rule of thumb everywhere in Canada that I've been...
0: Heirloom slash heritage. What does that mean? In
1: order to break down the seed coat, you don't need light.
0: Can you actually tell what seed this is by just hearing it? Like...
1: <laughs> oh my God, is that going to
0: be my... Welcome back to the Helpful Gardeners podcast. This week, we're throwing it back to seeds because as Colin said last week, it seems a little counterproductive to discuss if seeds are for you and then not tell you how to do it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Kinda of, kinda of missing something there.
0: <laughs> right. I'm excited for this episode though, because I've done a little bit of garden planning. So I'm starting to think about seeds. And I know in March in Calgary you can start to grow quite a few things.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's 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 a good time. I mean, we started ours early. We needed them for show and tell. But now it is definitely getting into the time where you should be gearing up and I I can't say, literally can't say how many times I have taught people how to plant from seed, grown myself from seed, uh, shown friends and family. We've done webinars on it. Uh, We've done GA Kids TV. And I was like, oh, this is a new challenge because I have to do it without the visual component.
0: Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, or we can just do a little bit of ASMR. (laughs) This is a seed. Hey, I have a question. Can you actually tell what seed this is by just hearing it? Like- <laughs>
1: oh my God. No? Is that going to be my stupid time? I'll be like, uh, sounds like pumpkins.
0: Like, oh, it was right.
1: I'm so good. Get- Did you see it? Yes. Oh, okay. I literally watched you pick it
0: up. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, here's another thing Colin's good at. Yeah. No,
1: I, uh, I would not be able to. there's, there's times when people are holding them or people have sent me pictures and they're like, what seeds are these? And I'm like, I, I don't know if it's not pumpkin seed uh, or sunflower seed, something that is very obvious. I'm like, it's a black dot. <laughs> yeah. Like, I really don't like seeds. I can probably identify at a quick glance would be sunflower, pumpkin, cannabis, hemp, tomato. I'm I'm fairly confident, but tomato can be other things as well. But I'm, yeah. I'm fa- I've planted so many tomatoes. I'm fairly confident when I see a tomato seed yeah. process of elimination. Tell me, you know, the, the six things you planted last year. Mm-hmm. You know, is it one of those six? I might be able to narrow it down. They're like, no, no idea. I found them in my grandmother's. And I'm like, I right, plant one. That's how we're going to find out.
0: Oh, that would be a fun little garden adventure, yeah. just planting a mystery yeah. seed.
1: Yeah, plant one, plant two. If you, if you think, well, what the heck, I'm going to grow them. Plant all of them. By the time, uh, you know, the second leaf has come up, uh, well, the first leaf after the cotyledon, um, there's a good chance you can identify it. Mm-hmm. So then you look at the leaf and you go, "Oh, that is a tomato." Mm-hmm. With some that leaf, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough to tell, especially when you get into peppers, when you get into uh, the squashes, and and that leaf comes out and you're like, well, it could be a cucumber, zucchini, squash. It could be a pepper. It probably is a pepper, but is it a green pepper, a hot pepper, a jalapeno, a goat?
0: So that was actually interesting. I actually went downstairs in the greenhouse and we have a whole bunch of seeds in store right now. And I started doing a little bit of planning for my own garden. And I know I said last episode, I was going to try some wildflowers. So I ended up picking up a couple of different kinds. Excellent. Uh, in just wildflowers alone. In just the West Coast Seeds brand, we had about five different varieties. And we yep. had um, the one that I picked out was this partial shade blend. And there was like, I mean, I don't have a lawn, but I just thought it was interesting that you can get wildflowers for different parts of your, yep. parts of your yard. I got some lettuce. I got some pumpkins. Uh, what is this? Oh yeah. Just in pepper alone. I got this bell color mix, Ooh. but in the peppers, in the peppers, I Purple mean, you got peppers. bell peppers. Purple peppers.
1: Oh, that's just, I like saying that.
0: Yeah, purple me too. peppers I'd grow them just yeah. for purple peppers I mean but I mean there's like bell peppers in different yep. shapes sizes colors yep. there's so many different kinds that you can choose but from and
1: and that's you know to go back to the to that first episode we did that's a huge factor in deciding if seeds are right for you yeah do you want that variety because I don't grow a lot of peppers um Harry could care less one way or the other he doesn't like hot food so hot peppers are kind of out. And he, he doesn't care if he has them or not. They're not a favorite. He doesn't dislike them. If they're there, great. If they're not, great. But Jenny doesn't like them. I'm not going to waste the spot just for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather grow something that we can all eat and then I can grow enough of it. But in all my time shopping, I don't think I've ever seen a purple pepper. And that's where it ties in, um, you know, finding that variety mm-hmm. and, and those choices and you know, you can come uh, to the store when we're, you know, when we're bouncing in May and you can get the annuals and, and the perennials and whatnot. And sure, there's ones that, you know, would would classify as as a wildflower, but you're not going to get the same mix uh, at the same price even as doing it from seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Picking that up, I think you're going to have a lot of fun. I'm looking at everything else you yeah, got.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things that, that I'd love to know more about is the difference between the, the different brands. And the different types of seeds. So I'm holding a McKenzie seed packet. Right. It's a lavender and it says heirloom on it. Heirloom slash heritage. What does that mean?
1: kind of a throwback to last week with houseplants when we were talking about that. And when plants really came into their own uh, back in the 17th century yeah. during the Enlightenment age, see, I remembered everything you said. I, I was really fascinated by that. <laughs> People started cultivating and hybridizing and they started, you know, creating new plants. That's why we have so many hostas and so many different lilies and whatnot. And, and they would create these incredible varieties. When, when you go down, I, I don't know about you, but every time uh, when I go down, and I see what Jeanette has brought in, in the annuals. I'm always like, oh my God, look at this one. Oh my God, look at this one. <laughs> the the uh, Galaxy Pansy.
0: Yes. We always have a ton of people asking for it. It made a huge impact.
1: Oh, it's, it's stunning. It-, it Instantly captures the attention, the imagination. I love it. Yeah. But that is like massively cultivated. People have have taken it and they've developed the seed and and now we have this brand. That's that's their thing. That's what they've worked on. So when you see heirloom and heritage, a lot of them are the original stock plants. A way I explain it to people that I think is easier because more people seem to understand dog breeds. So you 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 look at a lot of the breeds we have now, and they're because uh, somebody saw great traits in two different breeds, and they bred them. Now, that first batch. First litter. <laughs> <that> first litter. <laughs> first batch. Well, I'm an animal lover, too. I love dogs. Your first batch of dogs. It's not going to turn out great. <laughs> but the the first litter... It doesn't matter. Uh, nobody is going to consider that a new breed. I, I don't know all the all the specifications because I don't care. I've always had mutts my whole life. Um, I always rescue dogs. Mm. It, it requires a certain amount of uh, generations uh, with no inbreeding, and the, the species has to exhibit a certain number of characteristics. Like it has to have a uh, correct delineated color. It has to have uh, something quantifiable, like it's uh, intelligence or it's uh, loyalty or it's obedience. And when they factor in all of that and they're consistently getting dogs that look like this and act like this, then they go, oh, now you can register it for it to be a purebred There's one I I don't know about now. I haven't checked on it in a very long time, but back in uh, the 80s in England, we had a Jack Russell Terrier. Back then, the Jack Russell still wasn't considered a pedigree. Oh, yeah, it still hadn't passed all of the tests for them to deem it that it was a pedigree breed, even though they are instantly recognizable. Yeah. You say Jack Russell, people can picture it. They know what their purpose is. So that's basically what that means is a lot of them are original kind of plants. It's where all of the hybridizing came from. So I find it really good to have uh, a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't give a rule that there might be one, but I, I don't know it. Uh, some of the newer cultivars and and hybrids They don't produce a lot of pollen and they're still extremely showy. And the pollinators, specifically the bees, don't know that. So the bees will go to them and they do all of their work. They've got the little button there and there, but they're not getting any pollen and they're exhausting themselves. So it's totally fine to have these new varieties because they're awesome better flavor in your tomatoes, um, new varieties, new heats in your peppers, that kind of thing. Beautiful color, the galaxy. But you should always mix it up with some hellum, with some of those original ones. It's It's just, it's an all around better mix. So
0: with that, when we're talking about our pollinators, is growing organic better? Because I'm assuming that if it's an organic seed, that means that the mother plant wasn't was also bred in organic or, or how does that work?
1: I'll be honest, I don't really know. There's all kinds of rules with it. Um, it's like hop composting. Mm. Okay. So uh, yeah, hop composting is a process where you take a big hopper uh, and you turn raw materials into actual usable compost in like 27 days. It's heat and water and they tumble it. You can put in a uh, cardboard and cat litter. All of that, and when it comes out as compost, they deem it as organic. But some people go, no, I don't trust that. Mm. The word I look for more is sustainable. Because organic doesn't always mean better. It can mean cleaner. And originally it did, best intentions. Mm -hmm. But some of the corporations, they run with buzzwords like that, and they pollute it, and then you have organic-based. And you're like, well, what does that really mean? Everything is somewhat Mm organic-based. So... It, it really starts muddying the waters. So I'm not too focused on organic or, you know, Non-GMO, uh, that's another one that instantly gets people's attentions. You know, we've been modifying crops ever since we started cross-pollinating. Mm-hmm. All that is, is genetic modification. It's altering genetics. So having the heirloom, I think, is important. And yeah. having uh, classic plants that have all of that pollen for your pollinators to offset the new ones, because I'm, I'm always going to bring in new ones. I like the look of them. And as long as you have that balance, I think that's the right thing to do.
0: I mean, for even for me, I went when I went down there, I just said, Oh, what catches my eye? Uh, I want to grow sweet peas. Yep. And so I found this Cuthbertson mix, which reminded me of like Anne of Green Gables or something Cuthbert's like that. Scent. yeah. And then uh, Gardener's Delight tomatoes. And then what was the other one that I really loved? Um,
1: Gardener's yeah. Delight just sounds good. Uh,
0: right? Gardener's Delight. Yeah. 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 And then uh, City Garden Blend. Which I, you know, it's just like a blend of of, yeah. of lettuces, and then and it
1: applies because it's like the townhouse thing, you know, yeah. in the city, and it's a city blend.
0: Exactly, and I really love those vegetables too. Where you know, when you look for buzzwords like that, like um, patio snacker, yep. or you know, things that sort of say that this is good for a container garden.
1: So, are you are you gonna grow looking at your uh, looking at your pile here? Yeah. Um. Are you gonna start all of these inside? Are you gonna start because the only ones just. Looking at it, that I would absolutely start inside. Quick scan through. Uh, on a total side note, the school I went to in England was St. Cuthbert's. Really? Yeah, there's a throwback. I won't talk any more of that. The only ones, if uh, if I was going this, the only ones I would really start inside would be your pumpkins, tomatoes, peppers, and uh, the delfs.
0: And that seems like a pretty attainable goal, yeah. right? You know, I think the rest of them are direct sow, so, so...
1: Well, next episode, we can talk about your planning and how many you're planning on growing. Yeah. yeah, And then, you know, what you're going to do. But yeah, yeah, the rest you can, depending on how quick you want it to come up, you can go both ways with the lavender. Mm. You can start it in because I know a lot of people... Ah, uh, they want that lavender, and they want to start harvesting it immediately for the tea, for the fragrance, for whatever the reason. so if you you can absolutely I've done it. You can absolutely mm-hmm. grow lavender um from seed in a season here. But if you wanted and I'm trying to think most places i've lived i've I've grown lavender from seed at least once, and it's been successful. But if you want to guarantee it, I would start the lavender indoors too, depending on how quick you want it, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that was the other thing that I was struggling with. You know, you look on the back of a seed packet and I mean, some, some brands give you pictures. Yeah. And that's wonderful. Pictures but are always awesome. I've always wondered, like, so when you're looking at the back of a seed packet, how do you read it?
1: So the one I have, um, I, I don't know what you've got.
0: What, is, what do you have?
1: I've got your tomatoes. So, so in five to six weeks before transplanting outside, Only move outdoors once nighttime temperatures are reliably, uh, or frequently, I'm just changing that word because it's not coming out, above 10 degrees uh, Celsius. Okay, if you can tell me when that is, especially in Canada where we can get, you know, even on the East Coast where the weather is a lot more solid, Mm -hmm. it can be consistently warm and then the temperature can drop because you get a cold winter blast, or you get that north wind come howling down. So that one is best guess. Mm -hmm. I would rather have a nice, large, healthy tomato to move it outside than something that's weak. And now I'm trying to hurry it up through the season. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of hit and miss. We always use the uh, Victoria Day weekend.
0: For Alberta, yeah. yeah.
1: As kind of the rule of thumb. So are you googling? I'm it? totally
0: googling Nerd. all <laughs> of the areas across the country. I wonder, hold on.
1: It, that's and and you know what the funny thing is? That's a uh, rule of thumb everywhere in Canada that I've been
0: It is actually when I look it up on Google, well, here, what did we say last time about looking things up yep. on Google? But but yeah, they said 6 to 8 weeks before the last frost date, which is around like May 24th. So, yeah, yeah May long weekend?
1: Yep. May long weekend is, is the uh, standard that people use. Now, a couple of years ago when I did the garden, may long weekend was cold and I didn't do it. But the following weekend, it was beautiful. So I put out all of my, uh, my plants then and um, that was when I grew all the San Marzanos from seed. Mm-hmm. I had some peppers from seed and they thrived. They, they did great. So the timing, if you schedule it for around that you you should be fine, and and if you you know think about that uh, podcast we did about seeds, mm-hmm. make sure your area is big enough to hold them all when they're in four six inch pots, four or six inch pots. You're going to kind of have to look at that and and kind of say, is it going to be the mail on weekend? Now the next one it says on here is uh, seeding, and it says sow seeds one centimeter, half inch deep in individual pots. Use a sterile seed starter mix. Soil temperature should be at least 21 degrees. Bottom heat speeds germination. Put in larger pots as needed. Okay. The one on that that you really, really have to pay attention to is the depth. Okay. I'm going to nerd out about seeds in, in a little bit. We'll finish this first. Otherwise, I'll digress and then I'll forget to come back. But when a seed breaks down, it has enough energy to get... A certain distance above the soil, put out its cotyledons and start growing. So, say this is half inch, and um, you plant it, and it's uh, an eighth of an inch deep. It may not have the support it needs in the stem because that stem is going to come rocketing out, but it's not going to have the soil around it that it needs. It's going to put out the cotyledons, and it has a chance of falling over. Mm. If you put it too deep, it's still trying to get out the soil and trying to put out its leaves. It doesn't have the energy, and it dies underground. Half inch is a uh, guideline. Your seed bed, It's it, you're not doing it on concrete. The The soil has movement in it. So when you push the seed in and then when you uh, cover that seed hole with the existing soil, is it exactly a half inch? Who knows? So my, my trick is I uh, measured the end of my uh, index finger.
0: Nice. Okay. And
1: from the tip of my finger to my nail bed is a half inch and to my first knuckle is about an inch. And those are the two measurements you're commonly going to use.
0: So you don't have to be out there with a ruler? No. Okay. Tape
1: measures. I, I've i seen people do it. I've seen people measure those seed dibbers, dabbers, whatever they're called. I've never used one in my life. Uh, I've seen people measure that, but it's more time than I'm willing to invest. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So that is important. You want to get it as close to that number as you can. And then sterile seed starter mix, what they're, what they're implying there is don't use maybe a soil um, that you had from last year. I, I'll touch on this briefly, but if you bring in a soil that's been contaminated or it's sat in your garage uh, or it's waterlogged, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you can start running into a problem with seed mold or damping off, and that can cause a problem. So when they're saying sterile, they're saying basically get a, get a new bag, a fresh bag, or use a bag that you know from your house. Okay. And you'll be fine with that. And then use a heat mat, heat mat all the way. Mm-hmm. Soil temperature. If you prep your, uh, seal be- uh, your seed bed and the soil has been in the house, it's going to be warm enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, yeah, repot as needed. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then there's just some growing tips. To reduce legginess, provide a strong light close to the seedling. You don't want the light too far away. They're going to get leggy. You don't want it touching them. It'll burn them. A fan to provide air circulation. That's very important to keep your seeds moving. It'll help with uh, any problems of um, damping off, but it also helps strengthen the plant. When your plant's outside, the wind's going to hit it. And if you've already got it used to swaying, the bottom is going to actually be a little stronger. So your plant will be better to go outside outside. And yeah, that's that's all of the information on the back of this seed pack that I'm reading.
0: So then, what about when it says on the front of the seed packet, like fifty-five to seventy days to bloom? Okay,
1: that is again an estimate. So that is going to be from uh, the time you stick it in the ground to the time you get. Uh, so obviously, you're looking at a flower. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Because it's talk bloom is important. If I'm looking at the tomatoes, mm-hmm. it says sixty-five days for bearing fruit. Oh. So, uh, and again, though, that is going to be a guesstimate. Okay. That's why yours give that kind of range. They're like, "Uh, we don't know how much sun it's going to get. We don't know uh, watering or fertilizing. One thing that's important, and and I'm kind of surprised this didn't mention it. I'm going to quickly read it again, but it's important to know the size of the mature plant because when you're transplanting it into the garden, you're putting it in a four inch pot and it's you know, uh, seven inches tall and four inches wide, Mm -hmm. you need to know what it's going to be at its mature size in order to do it. Now with that tomato, I can make a guess. Um, I've planted them enough, but on a lot of, uh, seed packs, it should, I'm going to grab a different one here.
0: And that's a pepper, right?
1: Yep. So this one says height two to three feet. Oh, okay. So if it's going to get two to three foot tall, it'll probably get that wide. Okay. Yeah. So you want to put it in and go a foot and a half, two foot off center, and then put the next one in. And if you're unsure, I liked what you said there because because last week we we trashed Google, but I don't mind using Google. That's why I said when I Google things for a very very uh, basic rule of thumb, like you know last frost in Canada. It's going to give you an estimate. If I'm looking for a very specific answer, I don't necessarily want to go to Google.
0: Geez, no wonder, like, you, whenever you go into a seed department, you just see people standing there reading yeah. seeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to
1: read. Yep. Every seed company, they're all good. I've, I've used seeds from every company we have downstairs. Yeah. They all have their own way of giving you the information. So... If you're looking and you're like, oh, well, I want to start all of these around the same time in the same air, and you start reading the back of them, it can get confusing. Mm-hmm. So the important thing you need to know is when is the correct time to sow them and uh, the depth. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to start. That's it. If you've got those two factors, the rest we can work on. Even again, you look and you go, oh no, these uh, peppers need to be three foot apart. I thought they needed to be four foot apart. It's not going to hurt. No. And if you grew too many, well, you can give them away. See how I, I've changed to giving things away now, I love that you're
0: turning over a new leaf. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a really, seed.
1: but <laughs> 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 turning over a new seed back.
0: We have a, a, a seed starting guide and chart for Southern Alberta on our website. That's free. You can just go online to our website and grab that. Yes, I also see regional seed starting charts for all across Canada on the West Coast Seeds yep. website. So they've got lots of sources there, and then it tells you all a bunch of yep. information on timing and on what you can grow in each region too, which I find really helpful. I mean, if you're looking at seeds though, in, in your local gardens center. You can pretty much grow everything that's in there.
1: Yeah, pretty much. The, and, and a lot of them, not every plant that we grow as an annual is an annual. Okay. I love New Guinea impatience. I like the burgundy leaf and the flower. In New Guinea, they're a perennial mm-hmm. and they will get four to six foot tall.
0: Whoa. Yeah.
1: And covered in flowers. Wow. But here you even mentioned the word frost and they're like, oh, frost, do I die now? Do I die? <laughs> so yeah, a lot of times the, the seeds we have, you will be successful with. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a mix of two things. You have to look at the end goal, which we're going to touch on next week about planning. But you have to look at the start. And do you have the space for, um, say, you start them now? The ones I've started, for example, that's a, they're probably going to need to be uh, repotted in the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I have the room, I've got, I've got 24 or 25 going. I have the room for them to go to four inch pots. They may need to be repotted again. Then it's going to start getting a bit tighter in my office. Yeah. I'll still make it work. I've got enough grow lights. If I have to, I can even move them downstairs. Uh, We literally are in a greenhouse. And then some things you are going to need a soil. You're going to need seed trays. Do you use a heat mat and lights? No. Nope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no. I I shouldn't say that. I do use a grow light. Okay. A heat mat. I haven't yet bought one, but the grow light is, is there. And it's actually interesting on our Instagram this past week. We asked, you know, do you use grow lights? I was just curious... How many people, how many of our followers do? Okay. 71% of people use grow lights for their seeds. Fantastic. I know, right? Yep. I mean, I know you don't need them for the very beginning for your seeds, but as the seedlings start to yep. grow then they require light, then it's great to have. And it just surprised me that the majority of people, at least, you know, in our little circle, they do use them.
1: So you're exactly right. So, okay, I'm going to nerd out on a seed.
0: Yes, do it.
1: Okay. So you have your seed tray. And you firm the soil and you don't want it compact, but you don't want it loose. Mm -hmm. I always say, just tap it down with your fingers. Just literally tap it so that it's firm, but still loose because you want those roots to get in. And then you put your seed in at half inch. We'll go back to your tomatoes. You cover it up and then you put it on a heat mat. Now what's happening is the the seed is essentially three parts and it's the seed coat, which is literally that it protected. It's uh, the part on the sunflower seed that you bite off and go.
0: Oh, weird. I've never thought of it that yeah, way. Yeah,
1: that's a seed coat. That's
0: a seed coat.
1: Yeah. And the delicious part you eat is the seed. Oh, yeah. And then the seed is formed with basically a food storage in an embryo. So in order to break down the seed coat, you don't need light. You need uh, heat and moisture. Once that heat and moisture get into the seed, there's a chemical reaction and the food source breaks down and feeds the embryo. And hey, presto, the embryo germinates and now we have a seedling. And that's, that's basically all that's happening uh, underground when we're germinating. So my limited understanding of chemistry, if I remember it, a lot of times any chemical reaction is accelerated by introducing heat. So having a heat mat is going to uh, accelerate your growth. So the first thing that happens is it puts out a radical. Uh, that's the very first root. And then it uh, sends the stem up and then the stem puts out the cotyledons, which are the first leaves. Until those cotyledons are out, you don't need light because there's no chance of uh, photosynthesis happening. However, with certain plants, people who start uh, lettuce indoors, if it germinates and you don't have light on it immediately, it can get ridiculously leggy really fast. They'll, they'll, they'll get too leggy and they'll fall over. They can't support themselves. You've done all of that work for nothing. Now, again, if you've grown from seed in the past, been very successful, and you've never needed a light or a heat mat, don't buy one. It's that simple. But if you have tried to grow in the past and you have failed, either they haven't germinated, which could be a lack of heat, it wasn't warm enough, it could be damping off, you didn't have the, the right soil, or they did germinate and then they died immediately, that could also be damping off, Um, but it could also be they didn't have enough light. So what happens is that root comes out, the radical comes out, and it starts pulling the moisture up. It forces the cotyledons out. Mm. Now, it, now it has photosynthesis. And, and light is uh, plant food. And the plant goes, oh, I don't have enough food to put out any extra roots. And the radical can't sustain it. And it just dies. Mm. You forget to water a house plant. Uh, you forget to water your tomatoes. And they, they, they get a bit droopy. And they're not looking great. You hit them with the hose. And boink, they, they come right back maybe don't water your houseplants with a hose (laughs) that might be messy (laughs) Uh, you get water on them but the seedlings don't have the strength and they'll quite often just die so if you've tried before and you have uh, failed i recommend investing in those two things and if you started now when did you say may may long weekend was the 20th or something 24 so what are we march april you're not even talking three months and after that you can turn them off yeah. And I've got a heat mat. It's been going now every single day because I leave it on because I'm always doing something. And my heat mat is still going strong after eight years. Really? Yep. Yeah. Every once in a while, I, I, I do turn it off and I wash it and I clean it. Then I plug it back in and away it goes. All of those tomatoes are growing on a seed mat. Yeah. I hate it when it feels like you're, you're telling somebody they have to have an add-on and you're like, oh no, now you have to buy this. Now you have to buy this. You absolutely do not. You may have an area that has more than enough natural sunlight. You may like your house super toasty warm and you don't need anything extra. Uh, You've got a heat and vent right there. Then don't buy them. Mm -hmm. But if you're unsure or you have failed in the past, that small outlay now, it can absolutely pay dividends for years to come. By the way, just so you know, in my head, I'm already thinking about getting you a heat mat. (laughs) I think I have an extra one. I'm I'm going to lend you one. uh, And then you're going to be like, oh my God, that was a game changer. And then you're going to buy your own.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And talking about add-ons, what do you think about fertilizer? Do you think that should also be something you should invest in?
1: I do. If you think about um, wild plants, trees, even uh, wildflowers, grasses, whatever, they don't get fertilized per se. Now, a lot of times in the forest, the soil is ridiculously healthy because of all the compost, but there isn't a fertilizer. The seed doesn't need that to grow right it has everything it needs in its food sauce that's what it needs then once those cotyledons are going and there's light and it's feeding and then the root is pulling up more of the nutrients from the soil blend you've used and putting out more leaves it's doing its own thing wonderfully if you fertilize seedlings you do actually run the risk of hurting them yeah, you can uh, burn the roots too high of a nitrogen. A lot of times people will over fertilize through no fault of their own, but it's such a tiny thing that you're trying to fertilize and you go, oops, I overwatered it. And all of those salts clog the roots. So now it can't even uptake water. Oh no. I don't believe in fertilizing until the first transplant. And what I, the, the fertilizer I use on the first transplant is I use a root booster or a transplant fertilizer, basically the same. It's a high middle number for, for root development. I'll have them on a, a two week, maybe one month cycle, uh, depending, uh, on that fertilizer. And then I swap to specific, uh, veggie or flower or general purpose, depending on what I'm doing again, keep your fertilizer in a cool, dry location and it's going to last you until it's done.
0: Okay. That's a good rule of thumb.
1: Hey, rookie mistake. A couple of years ago, I bought a brand new thing of fertilizer. I was out, forgot to seal the lid. And it got water in it.
0: Oh no! So it got moldy.
1: It's it went it activated. Sorry, it was a water soluble fertilizer. So it activated, and then it turned as hard as a rock. I could break it up, and I could maybe dilute it, but I don't know what the numbers are anymore. I don't.
0: Oh no! So when it's at that point, it's just basically yeah. trash. Yeah,
1: right. uh, the fertilizer went into the compost. The plastic went into the recycling. And... Oh, you can
0: compost fertilizer. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: organic. It breaks down in the uh, in the hopper. Oh geez. Yes, yeah. it actually helps uh, you. If you are composting at home, a high nitrogen uh, fertilizer will actually help break things down. There you go. That's why, true story, kind of gross. People used to pee on their composts back in the day because of the high nitrates and acids.
0: You won't see me doing that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, Uh, there's, again, I'm just, I know this stuff because I garden. I haven't done it. Big disclaimer I have never done this, but I've read a lot of things about the gardening world. There are uh, people. And they will uh, save their pee in jars oh, and add that to the compost because the acid and nitrogens helps break down the compost and feed it. And once it's composted, it's gone back to being natural. And, and then that's what they use to feed their plants. Yeah. Yep. You can Google it. Don't recommend it.
0: <laughs> Not on work computers. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> what is wrong with Colin's search history? Yeah, right. You know, those, those are the basic tips to growing a seed. And Make sure you have the time available to water Mm -hmm. because water is essential for them. This weekend, I I didn't come into the office Mm -hmm. and one of my colleagues was here. A huge shout out. It was Krista.
0: Hey, Krista.
1: And Krista was here uh, both days on the weekend and she watered my seedlings for me. So I had to ensure so they wouldn't have lasted the weekend without that. No. So I needed somebody here to water them. And if Krista hadn't done it, I would have driven in every day and watered them.
0: You know, I've seen those moisture domes downstairs. Do they do anything for watering?
1: They do, absolutely. They 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 keep the humidity in, but at the same time, uh, they're not allowing in any airflow. Right. And if you don't have a heat mat that is drying out the soil, you can end up with excessive moisture, which can become a breeding ground for molds and powdery mildews and bugs. They work really well uh, during the germination and early part to keep the heat and the moisture on it. Once it starts actively growing... I don't really recommend using them. Okay. Now, if you're lifting it off every day and uh, you're allowing airflow, you have them on a heat mat so the soil is drying out, different story. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, oh, I don't have to water as much when I do this, you can run into other inherent problems.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, you know, use the heat dome for a little bit, store it for next year, yep. and then be available or have some really good friends to keep them watered.
1: 100% because uh, I've lost seedlings like that before where Life life is going to come at you and it might be, uh, you know, it might be something great. Oh, my God, I want a trip. I'm going to this place. And you're like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I can't accept this vacation because of my seedlings. My seedlings would be written off. So... I might send out a message to like Peter and Bree, maybe my sister, yeah. and be like, hey, I'll give you half of my seedlings if you can keep them alive. And if they're like, no, can't do it, I'm like, see you later, seedlings.
0: <laughs> Bartering with your loved one? Exactly. If I have to, but... Hey, okay, weird question. Has your dog, Jimmy, ever tried to eat your seedlings? When
1: he was a puppy, he was a notorious garden digger. No. Yeah. And he uh, destroyed a couple of my houseplants. Mm. I nipped uh, that bad behavior, yeah. pretty, pretty quick, constantly just telling him no, giving him other things yeah. to distract him. And he learned that he wasn't meant to do that to my plants. And it was, and he has one spot now. He keeps digging yeah. it, but it's only one spot. So I keep filling it in for him and he keeps digging it out. And I'm like, if we make this a game and you're happy and I'm happy, I don't want to stop you from digging if, if, if you yeah. dig that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, no, he's, he's good.
0: It's interesting. I always thought about curious kitties and if, yeah, oh. if other gardeners are starting their seeds inside if they have to put up some reinforcements.
1: My uh, niece started some seeds and she showed me the barrier she built to keep her cats out. What was it? So it was in her room. She had a a grow light. She she actually had one of the uh, kind of grow light gardens. And she saran wrapped it. So the cats were like, what is this force field? I want to play with it, but they couldn't get in. Oh. And she did pretty good.
0: Wow. Yeah, she
1: did pretty good. But her cats absolutely would have destroyed them.
0: Okay, so we've we've planted our seeds and then there's so many seeds that come up in a package. Yeah. And I know we talked about this last week, but you don't have to use all the seeds, right? You can store them.
1: Germinate, so whatever you wanna, whatever you want to say, more than you need. I'm not going to open any of your seeds, but I, I would be amazed if I'm going to go back to the tomatoes. I can't find them. By tomatoes, right. I meant city garden blend. <laughs> um, this sounds like city garden blend, Brandy. Feeling this at the bottom and knowing how big the seeds are, you've probably got 20 or 30 seeds in there. I don't know if you and Brad are going to eat 20 or 30 heads of lettuce, and I don't know if you've got the room to grow that many, right? So say, say you do your garden plan. Uh, You and Brad talk about it and you go, we'll probably eat 10. So you do 15. Okay. Then you've got your 10 or you've got all 15 and you give me five.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or you throw
1: five in the compost and you've got the rest. So what I always recommend, and I've seen people do it, is when they open their seed pack, they like rip it in half, rip off the corner and tap them out. I always tap mine out. Um, If they're a white seed, I tap them onto a uh, black saucer. If they're a um, black seed, I tap them onto a white saucer. So I can see them and I always rip off just the corner where, where if you see at the top where the brand is yeah. and that way I don't lose what it is and I don't lose any of my instructions. Oh yeah. And then when I'm done, I very simply, as I fold it over a couple of times and I'll use a, like a butterfly clip, like literally one, like from office, Mm -hmm. um, from office, from an office and they come in so handy. I use them to uh, seal up, uh, things when I'm baking and, uh, things for the freezer. Yep. Use them for seed packs. Even put a staple in it. Mm -hmm. And then keep it again in a cool, dry location. Like we talked about, moisture and heat are going to activate your seed. So keep them cool and dry. And they're going to last. And the cool thing about this, I didn't touch on this when we were reading uh, the seed pack because it wasn't pertinent in how we plant seeds. But the thing I like about uh, this one is usual seed life, three years. Oh, yeah. So what I would do there is I, again, I wouldn't trust my memory. Yeah. I would write down the date I bought them. So I would write 2023. Now, if you grow that many next year, you're probably going to finish this pack. But on some, you might get 40 seeds. You might get 50 seeds and you might only need 10.
0: Well, say you don't want to grow city blend lettuce next year. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Maybe you didn't enjoy it. Okay. You're like, ah, well, it was okay, but I want to grow only three next. I want to do a different one. Yeah. So... Really, it's just keep them in a cool, dry location. If you're somewhere seasonal, humidity can be a problem. Montreal is a is a great example. Yeah, cool and dry location is normally going to help counter the humidity. You can always drop them in a ziploc bag mm-hmm. when you buy things yeah. uh, or other people do, and it has a desiccant pack. Just drop the desiccant pack in the ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. Keep them in a cool, dry location. Squish all of the air out the Ziploc bag as much as you can. You don't want any air because that's where humidity can start building in if it gets warm. Don't put the desiccant pack in with your seeds because you don't want to take any of the inherent moisture that's in a seed out. You want to leave that there. So put it on the outside of the pack in the Ziploc bag. Seal it all as tight as you can. Cool, dry location.
0: And this week's question comes from uh, Instagram user Don Beat, who asks... How to prevent damping off? I don't even know what damping off is. So damping
1: off is, uh, it's a disease that affects uh, normally young plant seedlings and it's a fungal disease. Um, That's why they say sterile soil. If you're reusing something or uh, upcycling or whatever, sterilize it. It's primarily caused by overwatering. When the plants are um, trapped in a way too moist environment, these fungal spores get in and they'll uh, stop root. There's a number of ways uh, it'll look like okay. sometimes people go, oh, it's not germinating. Uh, I wonder why. Uh, and it's because the soil is too saturated. And that's why it didn't germinate. And that could be damping off. Your Your seedling might come out and you see the stem, but even before it's put out the cotyledons, the stem is mushy and kind of waterlogged and gross, damping off. The, the cotyledons, they look great, and then they start turning that horrible, sickly gray color, or they start browning, damping off. You look at the, the soil where, where the plant is in the soil, it almost looks like very fine um, fishing, fisherman's line or spider web or, or something that fine, damping off.
0: So it's game over, basically.
1: Yeah, I, I know some people who try to fix it, uh, broad spectrum fungicides and whatnot. At that stage of the game, uh, there's a good chance you've only been germinating for about a week. Start fresh. Okay. Why throw uh, good time after bad, right? You've already invested time. It didn't work. You've got two choices. Are you going to try and salvage this, which wasn't that expensive, by buying more products and keeping it going, or are you gonna go, oh my God, I've got this, dump everything, start, if you have to keep the um, hardware, the, the pots and whatnot and sterilize everything, get a different soil and go again. But this is why airflow is so important. If you don't have good airflow, put a fan on them heat mats will absolutely help with damping off but those seedlings have such a small little thing and tiny roots they can't drink that much and they're in this saturated soil and it can very fast become a breeding ground for damping it's also called uh, seed mold so if you haven't heard of damping off you may have heard of people talk about seed mold same thing and honestly i would i would just scratch it and be done with it and start again but to prevent it Water sparingly. I would rather water three times a day with a little bit of water than flood them and run the risk of damping off. Airflow and heat match.
0: Don't use your hose
1: <laughs> on jet setting. <laughs> um, yeah, no, don't, don't use don't use a hose. But if you follow that um, and and keep that water level down uh, and allow that soil to not be saturated, you can avoid it. But it is a it is a common question. I think a lot of people run into it. Um, and they're unsure where the issue lies. So it's a great question.
0: Oh, well, Don beat I hope that you have good luck with your seeds this growing season. And thank you to everyone who reached out with their own questions about seeds. If you'd like to know uh, something either about seeds or uh, gardening in general, reach out to us by email, social at goldenacre.ca or interact with our e- our weekly questions and polls over on our Instagram at Golden Acre Garden. We do that every Tuesday. And also, new this week, we have opened up a voicemail. Uh, Head over to our website. We have a link to SpeakPipe. And it's really easy. You just go over to the website. You hit record. It records your voice. You hit stop. And then it sends directly to us.
1: Don't just use it for questions, though. Oh, yeah. Give us ideas. Give us some feedback.
0: Please give us ideas. That's a great idea. Absolutely.
1: There's a million and one things we could talk about, uh, plants and gardens and and everything else. and, And we could have a lot of fun with it. We want to know what you want to hear.
0: Yes. So next week, we're going to be talking about garden planning. Love it. I'm very excited for this episode.
1: Yep. I I, it's, I love garden planning. I, I've planned gardens that I know I'm never going to build. Really? Yeah, just because I've enjoyed doing it. And I, and I like thinking about what plants would play well with others and how it would look. So yeah. yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah.
0: Well, we hope that you join us for that episode next Sunday at 8 a.m. Mountain Time on your favorite podcasting platform. And as always... Reach out with your questions, comments, ideas. We'd love to hear from you. And we cannot wait to join you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.